Hey, this is Alex, and you're tuned into the Market Adventures podcast. It's Wednesday, December 9th, and in this episode, I'm going to walk you through how you can go about buying your first stock today. I hope you enjoy. Buying stock for some individuals can be a very scary task. So here I'm going to break it down for you in the simplest steps possible and um, the easiest way to to make sure you're getting uh, some really good value out of the stock you buy and buying it at the right time. So the first thing is to list 10 companies that you interact with on a daily basis. So uh, if you're driving a car, what car company is that? If you, you know, maybe you went to get your oil change or you went to buy some new, uh, you know, tires, where do you go? Did you go to AutoZone? AutoZone is publicly traded. Uh, did you go to Walmart this weekend? Were you running errands? Did you go to Walmart to pick anything up? What did you buy from Walmart? There are, company, there are companies that made the products you bought. Walmart itself is publicly traded. Look at your cell phone. Who is the creator of your, who is the maker of your cell phone? Um, I would say about 20% of the world's population uses uh, iPhones. So more than likely you're listening and you're an iPhone user. Apple makes um, iPhones. Who is your data provider? Is it Verizon? Is it Sprint? Is it T-Mobile? Is it AT&T? Those guys are also publicly traded. The soap in your house is most likely made by Procter & Gamble. Do you have a Roku TV? So all these companies are publicly traded and you just want to essentially go through and make a list of at least 10 companies that you interact with on a daily basis because that shows validity. Right? There are thousands, thousands and thousands of companies listed on the uh, public stock exchange. But even though you may interact with a lot of them, you may not interact with a lot of them on a daily basis. So trading something or investing in something and buying something for the long term from a company that you don't actually use is going to be difficult, especially for the first time investor. So you want to stick with what you know. Warren Buffett calls it your circle of competence. Now, you can see if they're publicly traded by just typing in the name of the company into finance.yahoo.com. Um, you can also just Google it, but finance.yahoo.com has a bunch of information. It tells you all about what the company does. It'll tell you who actually has it, so who on the company board owns a company, how much they, how many shares they own. It'll show, um, it'll show what sectors it belongs to. It'll show analysis, breaking down all their fundamentals over the past couple of years. Every dollar they've spent um, that they had to report is on finance at yahoo.com. Now it's all over the place, but that is just my um, source that I'm recommending to you. Now, after you've made a list of those 10 companies, um, 10 not being 10 being the, the minimum, right? You can make as much as you want. The longer the list, the better. It gives us a better list to choose from. You're going to click on the profile. When you get to yahoo.com and you look for the, the company, you click on profile and just read the profile. Look at you know who owns the stock and look at where, you know, when they're founded, where they're based. But most importantly, look at what they do. Right? There's a there's a long, a small, depending on how big the company is, a small or a long paragraph that tells you exactly what the company does. And then did you learn anything new about the company? Did you know that Apple makes a majority of the money from iPhones? Did you know that, you know, 
that Walmart is, you know, was founded in such and such by such and such a person. And this is their focus. Like, try to learn something new about the company. Just it makes it a little bit interesting to know you interact with a company and now you know a little bit more about them. Then you have to decide what you want, right? So after you've listed the company, we've actually looked at each of the companies to, to get a bit of better understanding of what they do outside of how they serve us. Decide on what you want. Are you buying your stock for equity, ownership? If you're buying it for a gift, right, you're looking for equity. Are you buying it for dividends, right? Um, now, I haven't, dis- I haven't given a description of dividends. I'll do that in the uh, next episode when I take you back to school, but... Dividends are a uh, a payment to stockholders by the company. It's essentially giving them a portion of the profits. Um, I would guess you'd say to thank them for investing in the company, right? Because they're using our dollars to continue to innovate and grow. So they pay back a portion of the revenue back to us in dividends. Now, click on the summary tab on yahoo.com and you see if they pay a dividend. Do they pay a dividend? What percentage of dividend do they pay? How often do they pay? Do they pay quarterly, which means every three months? Do they pay annually, which means every 12 months or every year? Or do they pay monthly? Are you looking for aggressive growth? Now, if you're looking for equity, dividends, that's a little bit different than aggressive growth. In particular, aggressive growth stocks don't typically have uh, dividends. So Facebook, for instance is an aggressive growth company. They don't pay dividends. Uh, Uber, same way. Aggressive growth doesn't pay dividends, but you're looking for the long term. So if you feel like some of these companies that you're looking for, maybe you've got capital that you'd like to have work for you right away. Maybe you've got a lot of time like me. If I'm 26, I don't need I don't need aggressive growth, but I can take the chance because I have a lot of life left to replace anything lost in that endeavor. Um, but I'm right now mainly focused on equity, building up my my equity in companies and um, putting the aggressive growth, maybe 10% of the portfolio is aggressive growth um, because I am focused, again, mostly on the equity, but I do want some growth in there as well. So you decide on what you want. Now click on the graph tab and you're going to go to the five-year chart. Right, you can go to five year or you can click max. I like to look at least 10 years out, but you can't do that on Finance Yahoo. You can do that on TD Ameritrade. But go to five years out and look at just look at the graph. I'm not asking you to read it as a you know, professional analyst, but you can kind of tell if things are going up and down. It's it's zigzaggy, but you can get the general idea of if it's going up or down. Now, if it's going up for the last five years, then it's, I mean, it's probably a good company, but then you have to also think of, are you buying it at its very highest? Um, which, again, depends. If you're building equity in a company equity stake, then you're not too, too concerned about where you buy it on that graph. But the reason I say click graph is, for me personally, there's no reason to buy a stock that's in a constant decline, right? If it's been declining and going straight down for the last 10 years, or I mean, even for five years, if it's going straight down with no sign of strength, then I mean, I don't care if they're paying dividends because I'm losing value in in my dollars by having my company, my money invested in the company. The company's worth $30 and they've been going down for the last five or 10 years. 
even if they pay a dividend, the value of that company goes down, so the value of my dollar goes down. So whatever they're paying in dividends pales in comparison to the loss of value from the underlying security, right? So that, that is my reason for looking at the graph. Now, if you're looking for dividends, the, the trajectory of the graph doesn't, make, doesn't matter too, too much, but I think it's important. Uh, same thing with equity. Uh, but aggressive growth, the chart is very important because I like to look for pullbacks. The only thing is with these aggressive growth stocks, um, their their chart is going to pretty much look the same for the most part. I mean, they're going to be going very, very um, straight up just because of the boom in tech the last couple uh, years or the last decade. So do you want to look at that chart just as a general guideline, but that chart only matters if you know what you want. Now, some great resources are investopedia.com if you're looking for um, information, but they also have a um, paper trading platform as well, Investopedia. They have a paper trading platform, but it's a great wealth of information. Yahoo Finance, which I mentioned before, finance.yahoo.com, and TJ Ameritrade all have amazing, amazing information. Now, the most important thing to do is to invest again in what you know. Right. And what you know, you don't need to know everything about every stock to make money. You just need to understand a few and understand those that uh, impact your life directly. Right. Learn their dance. I have a friend of mine who trades Tesla and he only trades Tesla, but he does such a great job because he knows Tesla like the back of his hand. Right. So it's not super important to know every little thing about every little stock in the market. You just have to know a couple. Know the ones that matter to you most. Now, once you've done all of this, right, and I say all of this as if it's really long, and it's not, right? We listed the companies. We looked at their profile to see if we learned anything new. We figured out what it is we are looking for. If it's equity, dividends, aggressive growth, whatever your goal is. If you're buying it as a gift, then it's equity. If you're buying it as a gift for um, a young adult, then maybe aggressive growth like you know Snapchat or something like that. Something you think will be here in the next five to ten years. Um, something like aggressive growth or you Uber maybe because you want aggressive, but you also want something that's going to last ten years. And once we've decided what we want, we look at the graph. Now, the last thing you need to buy a stock is to have a brokerage account. Now, you can go old school and call in. Or you can just go online. I recommend TD Ameritrade because they have so, many, so much information all in one place. But there are others like E-Trade, you know, Schwab, others like that. Um, I don't recommend getting uh, your first stock on Robinhood just because that platform, um, I believe you should have a good amount of understanding before we jump on that platform. That's just my personal my personal preference, um, but I do recommend opening a brokerage account with TD Ameritrade. It takes maybe five minutes. It's super, super easy. And once you've opened the account, you can go ahead and pick any of those 10 stocks. Look at the criteria that you laid out in terms of what it is you want and just click on the ask button or type it in and click uh, order and just buy your first stock right once you've up once you've um, put some money into the account now again that was very simple but those steps to begin with are super important even if you're not becoming a day trader or 
you know, a swing trader, somebody who's super involved, it is important to have a system. It's very important to not just go out there and buy things at random. And it's especially important not to just buy things based on tips or or people telling you that they should buy it. You should always have a system for looking at things yourself. If someone tells you to buy something, first look at it as does do I even use that company in my real life? Do I interact with them? Are they something that's necessary for me in my life? If they went away today, would I feel anything? And the the next thing is to decide you know, what it is you want. Outside of that, see how they've been doing over the last couple of years. And then finally to open a brokerage account and to buy your first stock. If you haven't already gotten into audiobooks, I suggest you do. I mean, if you're already listening to this podcast, that means you're someone who likes to have some kind of audio in the background while you're doing things. Or maybe you're tapped in with your you know notebook and pad out like a good student. However you choose to enjoy podcasts is the same way you can enjoy audiobooks. I mean, I wasn't really into them until recently, but for the last couple, only the last two or three years. But when I tell you it's so much more convenient because you can just keep listening to them and listen to them and listen to them over and over without any kind of hassle. So click the link in the description where it says free audiobook. And the first audiobook I would recommend is The Richest Man in Babylon. To this day, that's the only audiobook that I've actually bought. All the other ones I really just found on YouTube. But that one, for sure, you're going to want to get, um, you know, obviously permanently and licensed on your phone because I listened to that two or three times over and over and over again, um, at least once a month, just to refresh my mind on some financial principles and, you know, have it backed up by, you know, all the anecdotal references in the book. So, I do recommend getting into audiobooks for sure if you're someone who's trying to take your kind of knowledge to the next level and to keep your mind spinning on positive thoughts as the days go by. Um, So, yeah, no, I'll see you tomorrow, 6 a.m., and we have our next installment of the Market Adventures Trading School. I think you'll enjoy this one.